want to go back, actually, uh, I want to go back into the story of the cross just a little bit. Now, this ain't really, this is kind of an add-on to it. I, I, I told you Sunday that I, that I wasn't going to get to part two, and I'm really not, although this is a piece of kind of what was part one, actually. Uh, but this, this is a piece of it. But I just felt really, really strongly to, to bring this out as we head towards the resurrection. And, and it's, just a, it's just a good piece of Scripture. And we reread this Sunday. Now, we didn't touch much on this particular piece. Uh, as we talked about the cross that corrects Sunday. Remember that? The cross that corrects. And uh, uh, I want to bring out a portion of, of that same Scripture out of Luke 23. Uh, I want to re read about six, six or seven verses out of that same scriptures that we read Sunday and uh, bring out just, just a couple little thoughts to you tonight. Uh, Luke 23, and we'll read verse 37, and then we'll jump down to 39 just because, just because it follows the pattern of the story, and then continue with verse 2, verse, verse 43. But uh, let's listen to what the word of the Lord says. And, 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 and uh, the, Bible, the Bible says in, in, in verse 30, and it says, and, and saying... I must have given you the wrong. I meant verse 39. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry. Go to verse 39. There you go. And, and one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed. Remember, there was two of them. One on the left, one on the right. The two criminals. One of them railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Verse 40. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God? Seeing thou art in the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. This man had got some revelation in a short time. I mean, his revelation had come to this man so quick. Because, because the other two gospels, it don't come out in the book of Luke, but the other two gospels, at one time, this same criminal that now is talking wisely, he was one that railed as well. Matthew brings it out. Mark brings it out that they had both railed against Jesus to start with. But something in the power of the cross, as we talked about Sunday, the correction of the cross had brought this man to the place that he now, he now begins to talk such a different language. And he says, for we, we do receive due reward of our deeds. But this man, talking about Jesus, He's done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. All of a sudden, he, he realizes Jesus has got a kingdom. He's got a kingdom. All from the cross. All went from railing down to all from the, knowing he's got a kingdom. And then, of course, you know, you know how, what, how the response of, uh, of Jesus was in verse 43. And Jesus said unto him, Truly or verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to bless our time. Father, I do. I thank you for your word. I thank you for any time we can gather together. I, I thank you for this holy week. I, I thank you, Lord, for the significance of it. I thank you, Lord, that we should always be mindful. And uh, always remember it, Lord, with and cherish it in a special way. Now, Lord, bless your word tonight. Uh, bless those that's come out tonight. Lord, instruct. Help me, help me to bring across, Lord, uh, this, this one powerful thought tonight that you've placed in my heart, dear God. 
and uh, help it become a part of our life, Lord, uh, something that's practical that we use, Lord, in our walk with you and in our life to, to, to help our spiritual progress even, Lord God, as, as believers tonight. Bless everyone that's in this congregation tonight, dear God. Bless those that are sick, dear God. And be with us all. And bless your word. And we'll love you. We'll praise you tonight, dear God. All the glory is yours and all the honor. And the name of that name, the name of that name, that name of Jesus. And all this church agree tonight and say, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord tonight. Let's bless his name. Lord, we do. We thank you. And we love you. We bless you. We honor you. All the glory, Lord. All the glory. All the glory. Amen. You can, you can be seated tonight. Uh, I was noticing something, and, and it's, it's not just in this story, but it's in several stories. But it seems like the heroes uh, uh, in our Savior's stories, uh, he seemed to always kind of select to illustrate uh, some great truths or some great traits uh, that are most of the time very different, very different from, from the people that he's chose to portray them. How many know he does that? He, he, he'll sometimes choose people to illustrate some great trait of the kingdom or some truth of the kingdom through people that you normally wouldn't pick to do that very thing. I, I thought about even myself. I, I, I always think of myself in this way. I think, you know, he picked me to pr promote or to preach the gospel. I'm like, really? really? He, he picked, and that's, that's kind of what his way, he, way he was, and, and that's the way this story was. I know the Good Samaritan, think about that. He, he was trying to promote this idea of something good. Think about that. And, and in the minds of all the people in his day, they thought of the Samaritans, nothing good. Nothing good. So he's trying to promote this good neighbor or this good Samaritan with someone who you would never pick. Never pick. Or like we brought out the thought Sunday with the, the righteous publican going down justified. That's not something that, that either would have been equated with this publican being ever righteous or, or the woman the woman at the well. He, he picked her to illustrate really evangelism to, a, to an entire nation that was lost or David or any of, many other people. He's always kind of used. The, and I feel like that's the way this story is. I feel like or this, this piece of, 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 of scripture, it's kind of the way it is tonight, I, I believe. Because he, he takes a criminal, he picks a criminal, and he allows the power of the cross, not the wisdom of men, but the power of the cross to infiltrate his heart, to touch his heart, get a hold of him in such a way that, that Jesus is going to bring forth and really show us a, a, a great and powerful truth from this story, from someone you would never think of, this criminal. And, and the truth that he's really trying to portray, and I'm just going to give it to you tonight, and it's kind of just the, the heart of it. He's really trying to show us really true confession. True confession. Because that's really what, that's really what this little set of scriptures is about. If you really look at it, you, you'll never find a truer, a truer piece of scripture to help you understand what true confession is than these four or five little scriptures. And, and true confession is, is so important. Now, I know in the age that we live in right now, I know in the society and in the culture, where we're in our day, in our day, it's kind of confession in itself is kind of foggy. It's kind of misunderstood. That's why it's even more important. Because nowadays, nowadays, 
true confession in a lot of minds is, is this. I believe. I believe. I believe. In what? I just believe. I believe in God. Who's God? I believe. And, and it's so foggy. It's so foggy. And matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, it, it, it's foggy to the point that you're not, just when someone says, oh, well, I believe, what, do, what does that really even mean? What does that even, what does that even entail? And, and, and it's really, 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 the Christian act of true confessing is really a lost, a lost piece of great Christian virtue today. You don't, it's not practice, it's not, you know, as we gather, as we gather as believers, a lot of times messages or, or, or songs or, or, or the spirit, that's really what it's all moving towards. It's moving towards, it's moving towards true confession. The promoting of the cross, the promoting of the gospel, it's a promotion of a true confession. Not, not just to feel good, not just to, to have fuzzies or or, or, or not just, just for certain ideas that I believe in. Oh, no. We, we need to confess that he is Christ. That he is Lord. A true confession. And that's really what this, this little section of story that you can kind of dissect it. And, and I believe we can, we can resurrect, if you will, the idea of what a, even a true confession even means. Uh, and it all comes from the same principles of the power of the cross. As much as the, the cross was there to correct, the cross was there also to convict, and not just convict, but to take us to a place to where that conviction led to a confession. Confession. As a preacher, as ministers, that's what we're after. We're after a confession. I'm here to get a confession. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. That's what we want. We want you to confess in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's, 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 that's how we feel about it. We know that's what must be done. I, I, don't, I don't want you to just tell me that you believe. Well, that's fine. But as long as it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know. And it is that simple. So, so I just want to kind of dissect this just a little bit. I'm not going to be long because the, the, the text doesn't really need to be uh, uh, drawn out or, or, or really anything for, for what I'm trying to do tonight. But true, true confession in the story is really it shows you really the two the two chief and I, there might be more but I know it's not less the two main things there's two main things and then some little side things that I'm going to bring in at the end but there's two main things that really that really has to be there if it's true confession and this is why I think in our culture in our age that we've lost it because these are two things that that no one really wants to confess in our culture. And in our age, no one really, especially the one, and sometimes the other. But the first part of that, the first part of that, in verse 42, go back to verse 42, uh, Kayla, I'm getting ready to call you Dustin, Kayla. And, and listen, this, 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 this thief, this criminal, who's been, now who once was railing with his buddy, who once was mocking and scoffing with his buddy, under the conviction of the cross, under the conviction of maybe what Jesus' short sermons from the cross, his words of forgiveness, his, his words of power, the Spirit. I mean, no, it's the Spirit that leads man, no doubt. Whatever it is in the mix, I don't know. I can't bring all that in. I don't even know the guy, that, and I'm glad your scriptures don't. The scriptures don't even give us the history of his faith. Don't even give us really his, his nationality. I assume he was Jewish. 
because he was crucified as well. Don't, you don't really have a whole lot of knowledge of was he raised in Sunday school, was his daddy a rabbi, or we don't, we don't have a lot of knowledge. Uh, he may have known Psalms 22, he may have known various scriptures that tied into Christ, might have been various things that, that, that he could portray, but, but the truth is, I believe it was just the presence of God the presence of the cross, the power of the cross, the wisdom and the power of God at work. That's just what I believe. And that's what usually happens. It's, it's usually not great knowledge. It's usually not great wisdom. It's the power and the wisdom of God at work. When the cross or, or the resurrection is preached or the gospel. And, and people come to a place. Well, in verse 42, he comes to a place and he's ready. He says, this is just really simple, but he says, Jesus, there's that name, and he just, he ties it together. It's just Lord. Lord, now that might be simple, but that's one of the things our culture doesn't want to confess today. That Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. That's one of the reasons I think that confession is being lost today. Because we, we'll say various things, and even, and even Christian institutions, or they say they are, they don't want to. They don't want to offend, or they don't want to go too far. Let's 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 just say God, or let's just say whatever. You know, we don't want to upset Muslims, or we don't want to upset Hindus, or we don't want to. No, let's just let's just think we're all this God. But no, true confession will always go. Jesus is Lord. Always, always. It cannot be true confession without Jesus being Lord. Matter of fact, Jesus tells us that right quick in Luke. In Luke, He tells us that in Luke 12, 12 and 8. He says, uh, and I say unto you that whosoever shall confess me before men. I, ain't that what he was doing? Confess me before men. Shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God? And, of course, in Matthew, it's kind of the same reading. I'll read it just because it's good reading. Matthew, Matthew, he says kind of the same thing. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Confess what? That Jesus, he's the Lord. It's, it's, it's a very big number one criteria for true confession. And saying I believe, well, it depends on what you're saying you believe in. I talk to a thousand people who tell me, oh, I believe. I, I talked to somebody just this week. And, and, and I kept trying to, I kept, they won't let you zero in. They won't let you narrow down. They won't let you hone in. And, and, and I would talk to them about the gospel. And I'd talk to them about the hope. And I'd talk to them about things that were eternal in Christ. And, and, and they'd always stop me and say, oh, I believe, I believe. Well, what do you believe? What do you really believe? It's not, that's not, saying I believe is not a confession. It's just not. I believe. I believe in all kind of things, but that's not a true confession. True confessions must have a point. Or just like this man on the cross, that they say that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. And that is it. That is it. And, and that begins all. That begins the whole thing. He's not just God. He is Lord Jesus Christ, our God. We're Jesus people. It's who we are. We're Jesus people. I, I've become very convicted over that the last couple of years. I guess because I hear all this, you know, we're all serving the same God. Well, no, we're not. I'm surely not serving the same God as some of these other groups. 
They're not reading from the same book that I am at all. So, so I think it's, we got, we, I, I've been convicted of like to make sure that everybody knows I am a Jesus person. I'm Jesus people. I'm Jesus. I I'm, I'm love Jesus. I follow Jesus. Jesus saved me. Jesus sanctified me. I praise Jesus. I honor Jesus. I pray to Jesus. I call on Jesus' name. There's nothing more beautiful than the name of. It's that name. And, and that's one of the reasons the true confession, one of the reasons it's hard to come by in our culture because everybody else hates that name. That's the name that's so hated. And despised. Why is it? We've talked about it before. Why is it you can say any other name in Congress or any other name at a government thing, any other name at a Bible at a basketball game, any other name? All that you can say whatever name you want, but you can't say Jesus. People get fired. People get demoted. People get run off. Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that's one of the reasons. Second thing, the second big criteria, now that, that these connect, but the second big criteria, go back to Luke, Luke 20, 23 and 41. Let's go back to there right quick. 23 and 41. Second big criteria. Listen to what he tells us. The, the other guy is railing. The other criminal is railing and ranting. And he tells him, we indeed, we're, we're getting this justly. Where we're at today. How many, how, when's the last time we said that? What I'm going through, I deserve. Boy, it's crickets in here. I mean, what I am going through, I deserve it. I deserve it. That's what he's saying. We are getting due rewards of our deeds. Here's a man that wasn't going to argue with the law. He's not arguing with the law. He's not hating on the law. He says, you know what? I broke the law. What's he doing here? He is confessing sin. Confessing sin. And that is the other big criteria. True confession always confesses sin. That's it. True confession confesses Christ is Lord, and it confesses sin. That is true confession. It's not that I believe. It's not that I just believe. True confession says he is Lord, and I have sinned. He says it. He says it. And ain't confessing always been such an integral part? Of God's way with us, his people. You, you, can't, you can't escape it. I don't know. And like I said, there is the second reason our society has lost the art of true confession. Where we just would say, oh, I believe. Well, where does that tie in with confessing our sin? That's why we've lost it. We don't want to confess our sin. We don't want to, we don't want to say, you know what? This is due me. I broke the law. No, we want to say the law is not for us. This is not for that. That commandment's not for us. Well, that's 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 legalistic, or all these other things. We don't want to confess that. You know what? I don't know why. I don't know why we are so 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 bent on thinking or wanting people to think. Man, I nailed it. 
and we can look around and I'm going to tell you what, let's just fess up. We all know we don't always nail it. We don't. And that's why this is such an integral part. True confession. Can I say it like this? True confession is not punishment. It's not. True confession is mercy. It's mercy. True confession is, is God's grace. Man, it's grace. It's an opportunity that God has given us. That's true confession because he loves us so much. That's what it is. But confession of sin has always been this very important part in Scripture to tie us with, with forgiveness and tie us with restoration and redemption. And the, all the way back even to the law, all the way, even before that. All the way back into the garden even. But, but it's, even as you come through the law, and there's that scripture in Leviticus about even the scapegoat. I know y'all have heard the story about the scapegoat. And, and give me that, Leviticus 16 and, and uh, I think it's 21. I, don't, I can't remember. Yep. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it. Listen, listen, all the iniquities. This is under the old covenant now. But he put his hands on the, on the goat that they was going to turn loose. After killing the other one, and, and he was confess all the sins. Well, I bet that was an exciting service. I bet all the busybodies come out for that service. I, I, bet, I bet all the gossipers was at that service. <laughs> Where he's got hands laid on the goat, and he's going through the tribes. I assume that's probably how he had to do it, go through the tribes. Of what all they did, what you did this week, and what you done that last week, last month, with Hank. Good day, Ethel. Did you hear what? <laughs> but they confess all the iniquities of the children, all the transgressions, all the sins, putting them upon the head of the goat, and shall send him away. Send him away at the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. But it, it was it was about confession. It was about confession. And even up through Psalms. So Psalms 32 is a, is a piece of scripture. And I, I'm not going to worry you out on this. But I want you to see of how big a part it is. And, 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 and how we are losing such a valuable piece. To the community of, of believers. To the church. But, but listen. This is what David said. And David knew. Boy David knew. David knew how important confession was. He knew. Man, confession. He said, blessed is, is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man whom the Lord imputeth not, and don't hold, it, don't hold his iniquity to him, and, and whose spirit there is no guile. Now listen, verse 3. When I kept silence, when I don't, when I, just, when I am, I, I believe. When we, when, when we don't respond to what God's doing, when we don't respond to the conviction that, that comes from the cross or comes from the word or comes from his spirit, when we don't, listen, when I didn't, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. He, he goes on and he says, from day unto night, it's heavy, crushing. You carry stuff that you wasn't meant to carry. 
You, you're way down. People say, some people say, it feels like there's something on my chest. It feels, like, it feels all this way. It, 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 a lot of our stress, probably a lot of our stress, a lot of our anxiety, it, it, it could be all be relieved if we say, Jesus Christ, my Lord, i got some stuff to talk to you about. <laughs> I ain't been nailing it. I have not been nailing it, Jesus. That's what David was saying there. It was, I get heavy, 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 and, and I get dry. Verse 5, we're finished, verse 5. I acknowledge my sin. What's he saying? I confess my sin and my iniquity. I have I not hid, and I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And listen, and, and thou forgavest the iniquity. This is the Old Testament. He forgavest my sin. Now I can rest. Amen. Time for a rest. Amen. And of course, you, you know how what the scriptures in the New Testament, but I'm just going to give you one. But there's so many scriptures in the New Testament. But let me give you this one. This one in 1 John. 1 John, you know it. I'm going to read it to you anyway. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. All. It's, it's confession. It's confessing Christ is Lord. It's confessing all of those things that, that we hold back, that we keep in. It's verbalizing. Let me, just, let me share it with you like this. It's verbalizing. Everything that God already knows. It's our benefit. It's not like we're keeping it secret. It's verbalizing everything that he already knows. Matter of fact, he's the one dealing with you about it. He's the one making it heavy. He's the one convicting. He's the one that had the preacher preach that. He's the one that had the, somebody to say something about it. He's the one that it keeps coming up. He's the one that keeps bringing it around and around and around and around and around. He's not willing to leave you there. And it's just verbalizing. It's just getting up and verbalizing what he already, matter of fact, verbalizing what he, you know the audacity of the New Testament in James 5 tells us, the audacity tells us to confess our faults among each other. This community thing, the audacity of that. But you know what? The same thing usually. It's just us verbalizing what God already knows and most everybody, all of our brothers and sisters already know. Now there's some secret stuff. But most of the time, you don't shock nobody. There's very few times I've been sitting in my office and I had somebody come in and I said, I got to talk to you, brother. I got to tell you. And I, I already know what's coming. I already know the story. I don't have to, I don't have no shock face. No, I have to say this. There's been a time or two I went like, what? <laughs> There's been a time or two. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> Amen. But God's never shocked. He's never shocked. I'm going somewhere. I know I always say that, but I really am. But it's true. Christ didn't die. He didn't die just so, just so we could just be aware of our sin. He did not. No, no he, he could send the law. The law could do that. The law could make us aware. 
That's what the law does. The law makes us very aware of our sin. No, no. He didn't die just about, or even to make us sorry, because even the law can make us sorry. He didn't die just so we could be aware or even sorry, but, but he died that through our confession that sin might not have dominion over us anymore, that it might not reign in these mortal bodies anymore, and that it ends with our confession and empowerment from his grace. Did you hear me? That's the truth. That's, that's the heart of true confession. Amen. Amen. And we, we just need to stop pretending that we do nail it. That's our culture. Amen. Oh, I'm all right. I'm good. How you been doing? That's what I get all the time nowadays. How you doing? I know they ain't doing no good. I wouldn't ask. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got it. I got it. It's all right. Amen. Amen. I'm nailing. I'm well, here's how I know that we ain't. Here's how I know. Here's how I know that we're not practicing confession. Because when you practice confession, you quit blaming others. You do. That's how I know that our society, our culture, and most of the church ain't practicing confession because they want to go around pointing the finger at everybody else for their problems. They do. That's how I know. When you, are, when you practice confession, you ain't pointing the finger at nobody because you, you, you're dealing with you and God. Does that make sense? I don't have to blame nobody. You know why? I'm like, I'm like that bunch that was at the cross the other day. I'm smiting my own breast. But you know what that really meant? You know what that really meant? It's in my heart. That's where it's at. It's in my heart. You know how when you forget something, you go. But when it's in your heart, I don't got to blame. I don't blame nobody for that. I don't blame nobody for this. Matter of fact, you can go further. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to justify it anymore. That's how I know we're not practicing confession. As we go around trying to justify everything. I have people come to my office nowadays and they try to justify the most heinous sins. Justify them. Tell me all the reasons it's right. And I'm like, man, I don't even know what Bible you read now, love. You can't justify that. You can't justify that in hell. You can't. But that's, that's from a lack of confession. I'm practicing confession. The greatest gift God could ever give to man. You ain't got to blame nobody. You ain't got to point at nobody. You ain't got to try to justify it or excuse it. Hey, you ain't even got to try to ignore it. I don't even try. That's the awesome thing. I ain't got to act like I got to ignore it or it ain't happening. Oh, no. I get to go straight to God, straight boldly and courageously, march right into the throne room and say, God, I am a mess. This is what's all in my heart. My heart is dark and ugly. It's nasty. And I need help with this and this and this and this. Whatever it is, you're not going to shock him. And I can stop that. Well, my mama didn't do this for me. And my daddy didn't do this for me. And it's these genes and 
and it's these genes I got born with, and, and it's all these issues, and, and it's, it's, it's the side of town I grew up in. It's my color. It's my ethnicity. It's, 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 it's because I grew up poor. Whatever. It's, it's a lack of telling God. It's in my heart. It's in my heart. You, you won't find any of the stories in Scripture that when true confession went off, you won't find them pointing to nobody. You won't, try, you won't find them trying to justify it anymore. You won't try to find them excusing it. No, you'll find them enjoying God because they confessed it. And they've been forgiven all their unrighteousness. It is awesome. It's awesome. What a gift. What grace. What a wonderful thing. I can blow it big time. And I ain't got to blame Paul. I do got to confess it though. I do got to go to God and say, Lord Jesus, you are Lord. You are all of that. You are that good. But this is how bad I am. Come on, I know our culture don't like that. that even, I can feel that. That rubs against even the airwaves tonight. You're that good, but I'm this bad. Now, I know that in this culture, we don't post talk like that. We teach our kids that there's no losers. They don't even keep score at little kids' games no more. I'm like, why do you, why, why do you even play? There's winners, there's losers. Come on. I don't know about this place, man. This world, this world, this world. And we do need to talk with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. That's and that's what confession is. It's repentance. Humble repentance. It's what it is. It's it's a great practice of humility. Now, I got to get where I can close, and I want to just bring in a few tidbits to you. You know, that's your main. That's the main structure. Is those two things. Is, is Christ is confessed as not a good man or a good feller or good teacher. No, he's confessed as Lord. 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 And, and, and the second big thing, we've confessed our sin. We don't blame whoever. Well, if he hadn't cheated on me, I wouldn't have, whatever. We don't blame we don't justify. Everybody else did. Whatever. No, no, no. We don't ignore it. No, no. We confess it. We confess it. Amen. Y'all right out there? Amen. We confess it. We can. So here's just kind of a couple of little tidbits that, that I found. Go to verse. Go to verse 39. Verse 39, Calvary. Just kind of a couple of little extras here, just to, just that, that ties in with this story. Verse 23, chapter 23 of Luke, verse 39. Sorry, I caught you off guard. Amen. Amen. I want to read this. One of the malefactors which hanged 
on the cross. And of course, this, this was the one that was re re reviling and mocking. This is after the, the other one had come around. He said, if thou be Christ. Here's the here's difference. Here's the big contrast. He calls out to him. He cries out to him. He said, he said, if you're really Christ. How many know that's not, that's not confession? If you're Christ. The devil did that. The devil did that in the wilderness. If you be the son of God. That's not really confession. But listen, listen, here's what he said. He really told him, prove yourself. But here's what he's after. Here's what he said. Save us and thyself. Save all of us. True confession, true confession seeks more than temporal. That's all he was after. True confession. I'm going to tell you what, it's not a true confession from your family, my family, your loved ones, my loved ones, when the only reason they say anything about Jesus is they want him to fix something. That's not true confession. When, 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 they're using, when they just want to use him as, as, as an emergency, I'm going to tell you, uh, you've heard me tell these stories. You've heard me tell all the jails I used to visit, all the jails I used to go to, I heard so many confessions. But all of us confessions wanting Jesus to get him out of jail. I'll believe in your Jesus if he'll get me out of jail. That's really what they were saying. They didn't say it like that, but that's what they were saying. I'm going to believe in your Jesus. I remember one altar call I gave one time at a, at a jail. At a jail, and they, they probably wasn't but 90. They probably was 90 people there, and I think 88 of them come up. Now, I'm not saying none of it was genuine. I'm not saying none of that. But I'm going to tell you, well, the most of them, in, in, in hindsight and in checking back with them, because once they got out of jail, I, you've heard me tell this. I, I had one jail convert ever make it to this church that was truly a convert, that truly confessed. And he, he became one of the best church members we had because he, he had a true confession. He wasn't looking just to get out of jail. He was looking for a Savior. Hey! He was looking for Christ the Lord. To, to do a work in his heart. And that's what he found. Yes. And all the rest of them, all the rest of them. Now, I'm not saying they didn't, some of them get saved. I'm not saying that because I'm not the judge of their soul. I'm just saying that all their promises. I'm going to come to that Walton Church when we get out of here. I'm, I'm a coming. Well, unless they all got life sentences. <laughs> I've not seen them. And that was many years ago there. That was many years ago when I did a lot of jailhouse stuff. And that's what I found. And that's not only in the jailhouse, but it's sometimes in the church house. True confession is lost in the midst of, I need something temporary. I'm wanting something temporal. I need money. I need, I need my, 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 my car fixed. Or I, I, need, I need this. I, 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 need, I need my husband. I, I need whatever. I need, I need, I need. That's what this man was after. I heard thousands and thousands of confessions. And they were all looking for something. But this, this, this true confession, he skipped by all that. He said, I, I don't even, I'm not even worried about where we're at now. And he looked right to the kingdom, didn't he? He seen the kingdom. That was faith. That was faith. And he said, I'm not worried about the temporal. I'm worried about the eternal. Because I'm going to tell you something. When it's true confession, it's the eternal. It's the eternal that you got your eyes on. That's what makes a true confession. A true confession. And, he, and through that, 
through that. You know, you know, even 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 how he was stirred. I, I, I was really amazed at how how this this one was stirred to even begin his confession. Because you know what stirred him? This remark right here, when he went to railing out. And then in verse 40, go to verse 40, Cutter. In verse 40, listen to what he does in. And he says, but the other answered, he rebuked him. The irreverence. That's that struck me. The irreverence. He rebuked him saying, Dost thou not fear God? All of a sudden. All of a sudden. Faith. Faith in this, faith in this Christ. It stirred him. Irreverence. Irreverence stirred him to the point that he's confessing that this is the Lord. You know what? In this age, I think that's true. In this age of irreverence, this age of, uh, uh, of coming against the kingdom and Christ and his people and the church, and everything that's sacred and holy. I think those that have true confessions, they act like this man. They're like David. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? No, I'm not saying you go belligerent and be ugly, but I'm saying, I'm saying there, there is a cause. There's, there's stir, there's confession is provoked by irreverence. True faith struggles with irreverence. If you've got true faith, you struggle when God is irreverently spoken of or to or the people or the church. You're stirred to what? To what? Confess. He is Lord. He is Lord. That's what you're stirred to say. I believe that tonight. Not only did it stir, but he honored him. Remember, he told him, he said, he said he's done nothing amiss. He, he honored him for who he was. He honored his life. But more than that, he rebuked him. But in this whole story, you can tell that he even cared for his companion. Not only did he rebuke him, but he tried to reason with him. He tried to win him over. That's true confession. True confession that, yeah, you'll confess, but, but you, 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 you're, you, you're concerned about others. Amen. Amen. I got to close. And, and I got this thought. I got this thought as I, as I had read this story and I studied this story. And, and this thought kind of come to my heart uh, as I was bringing it all together. And I seen something in this man. And I believe he would have kept on. He knew his time was short. I don't deny that. He knew his time was short. But I believe he would have kept on confessing. He would have kept on confessing. He would have kept on confessing it. You're, you're Christ. You're the Lord. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. You know what he did, though? He kept doing that. He kept doing that till he confessed till his sin become grace. He kept confessing that Jesus was Lord. He kept confessing his sin Till he found grace. Till he found grace. Till Jesus said, today. Woo! He never stopped confessing. Till Jesus jumped in and says, today. His confession become grace. And ain't that the heart of it? That's, I feel like that about us. I feel like, I feel like we ought not ever stop confessing till it turns to grace. 
till it turns to grace. Till we find grace. Till that confession turns to grace. That's what we're after. We're after the grace. We want to hear Jesus say today. What do you need today? What do you need today? Well, I'm going to tell you what. Start with your confession. And don't stop. If that runs into tomorrow, next week, next year, don't stop. Till that confession turns to grace. That's what he did. Jesus said, today, today, today you'll be with me in paradise. Hey, come on, folks. Today, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Today, today. Keep telling him your shortcomings. Keep telling him how great he is. That's what I'm talking about. Keep telling him how, how short you're coming and keep telling Never stop telling him how great he is. How great you are. How great you are. And I'm not nailing it until it turns to grace. Until you hear him say, today! Ain't that how it operates? 